The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Stations. Brad Underwood says, let's go. Frazier dribbles, backs away with three, going to have to shoot it with two, a long, long three. Oh, he got it. He got it. And that's going to end the half and listen to the roar. Fighting Illini game day is on the air. The countdown to tip-off is underway with the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. Your first look and in-depth preview of today's contest here on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5, the flagship home for fighting Illini basketball. Behind the back dribble, Black, bank shot, go! <laughs> and they say the big guys oh, can't goodness. dribble, right? How did he do that? <laughs> Jordan on the right wing, right corner, Finky puts it on the deck, drives in, oh, it's in! <laughs> Finky slams it in! There's the Kenny battle drive! Exactly! <laughs> Now, from our Illini Game Day studios in Champaign, here's your host, Scott Beatty. And good afternoon. Welcome to Fighting Illini Game Day. I'm Michael Kaiser in, in for Scott Beatty, who's with Illini Baseball once again this weekend. So I'm Michael Kaiser and Lauren Tate sitting in the studio for you today. The Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. See the folks at Rudy Wealth Management for all your retirement planning and investment needs. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois' retirement specialist. The Illini trying to finish the season on a winning note. The regular season going into Big Ten play in New York next week. Uh, the Illini closing the regular season at Rutgers at the rack for the second consecutive season. Illinois 13 and 17 on the season, three and 14 of the Big Ten. Rutgers with an identical record, three three and 14 of the Big Ten, 13 and 17 overall. Lauren, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, the uh, the Illini are trying to get some momentum going as they, as they move th toward the end of this season in, in, in its total because Illinois is going to have to win five games in five days to extend the season beyond next weekend, and that's very unlikely. Uh, so it's, the Illini – Five is unlikely, but, you know, as you look at the possibilities, two is not – two is possible. Oh, absolutely. And, it most definitely is. And I'm just going crazy here trying to figure out who Illinois is going to play on Wednesday – but it's either going to be, I think, Iowa or Rutgers. We'll see. But it depends on whether Illinois beats Rutgers and what, and what Iowa does against Purdue. But I'm picking Purdue over Iowa, so that would leave Iowa 3-15. and 15. So I don't know. It's, uh, it, Illinois could play Rutgers again or they could play Iowa. And, uh, of course, Purdue, it's, it's senior day for Purdue, so the, the Boilermakers are going to want to try to win that game. Uh, by the time they play today, Purdue plays – at 3 o'clock this afternoon, so the Boilermakers will know whether they still have a shot at a share of the Big Ten Championship. Right now, Michigan State's up by 9 at the Kohl Center in Madison. Michigan State wins that game. They're outright Big Ten champions. No one could tie. Wisconsin finds a way to come back to win that game, and there could be a three-way tie for the Big Ten Championship. And by the way, you need to explain something because you've already explained it to me, and I think you make sense, so I'm going to let you talk about it. But <laughs> why, is, uh, why is Miles Bridges playing? His mother received supposedly $400, at least it's documented that way, from, uh, from the Miller organization, that ASM agency, sports agency, why are all these players playing when they, when we know that they have probably taken money? Well, and any it doesn't matter the amount. Uh, it's still an NCAA violation, uh, no matter what the amount is, really, in the, in the eyes of the NCAA. So whether it's four hundred or whether it's fifty bucks, it's still 
you can't take money from people. And I believe that like DeAndre Ayton played last time for Arizona, in my opinion, right? Because there's absolutely zero evidence that the university has outside of the report that the wiretap Still exists. Still a media report, isn't it? It's all it is. It's a report, and it, it could be very accurate. I'm not questioning the report at all. Uh, what I I feel like it's Arizona. All we have is this report. We ha- we have not. Uh, been privy to the wiretaps. The FBI sure isn't going to give them to us because the FBI is not going to give them the university. But then it's part why of the investigation. Did, why did what Sean Miller step out and not coach? That one I couldn't. I couldn't figure out. We had Matt Marino on yesterday, and he thought they were tied together. If if, if they played and coached, they they, they sat out together. There was well, no I think splitting most up. Most people thought that. Yeah. But I knew one thing. I knew he could not coach. I, I knew no. absolutely he could not coach. And it's a different thing. I mean, between a player and we, we don't know whether. Uh, whether the player receive, actually received anything or not. We don't know that. But we do know that Miller negotiated for it. Yeah. And that's sufficient. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and they've got his voice. So, I mean, they know that it's not a – they're not making it up. But at the same time, they didn't fire him. They just suspended him. And, and I think they probably want to wait to make sure that they're on solid ground before they take the next move. I'm talking about Arizona. Yeah. And I, as far as Bridges is concerned, uh, Michigan State, uh, Spartans did their homework. Again, all Michigan State has, they, they saw the expense reports uh, in the story. But, again, all the Spartans that the university has seen is the story. And yeah. so, well, for instance, we know that Boehm was offered 150000 but he didn't get it because he and he wound up going to another school. Yeah, he's so, in South Carolina I mean, right and, now. And, and, by the way, he did, it, the negotiations weren't with him. They were with his father. All these negotiations with high school players involve the parents or a parent. Well, it, it just needs to go, especially that kind of money. It's got to go above their heads. We talked about that quite a bit yesterday. Um, I, I personally was surprised to see Miles Bridges uh, play today. Uh, Graham Couch, who covers the Spartans, we've, we've had him on before, uh, and other guys that cover the team felt like the, Michigan State had several options. They could have sat him out. Uh, ask the NCAA to look into it and then get an, you know expedite the process. But then you're risking the NCAA. Even if you ask them to expedite it, it doesn't mean they're going to. And if they take a few weeks, well, then you lose bridges for the rest of the season. Well, so I, that, mean, I think that's why Michigan State chose not to send The NCAA doesn't have the material. Yeah, the FBI has the, the material. They so don't I mean, have it. That's right. So. so what you've got is a situation where you're going to have a lot of teams playing players, not Texas, not San Diego State. Mm-hmm. They withdrew their players. Evidently, maybe those guys admitted it to their to their coaches. I mean, if, if I'm the coach and a player is accused of taking money, I'm going to go to that player and say, "Did you take money? Is he going to lie to me, or is he going to tell me the truth?" Well, see, that's the thing. And uh, you can't, can't, whose word can you take at, at this point? We got more fighting line game day coming up next. We got keys to the game, the coaches' corner, all that coming up on the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. Lauren Tate, Michael Kaiser, with you as we get you ready for Illinois and Rutgers. Back at the rack to finish the regular season senior day between these two teams for the second consecutive season. Illinois didn't have a lot of luck up there last year. Ended the run by the Illini. A chance to try to make the NCAA tournament. Of course, they lost to Michigan in convincing fashion to the Illini in the opening round of the Big Ten tournament. Michigan stayed up 29-20 at the Kohl Center. Come up about 4-15 to go in the first half as the Spartans try to win the outright Big Ten championship. Stay with us here on Fighting Illini Game Day.
Welcome back to the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show, Fighting Illini Game Day. Lauren Tate, Michael Kaiser with you from the Game Day Studios as the crew out in Piscataway, New Jersey. The Illini trying to finish the regular season with the win, get their fourth Big Ten win here in the 2017-2018 season. The Illini, though, Lauren, didn't have a lot of success last season. Uh, had a 10-point second-half lead, but the game did not finish very well. And, Lauren, I think you might remember this, but uh, I thought I'd play it just for your memory okay. anyway. 15 seconds for the game, 8 to shoot. Sanders going to go to work. Left wing, Freeman, long, long three, partially deflected, but it goes in on the long shot by Hill, 62-59. Rutgers, the Illini need a three to save it, and Abrams for three, and he missed it, and Rutgers has won the game. Rutgers has won the game. Freeman with a bomb. I thought Hill may have got a hand on it, but he may have shot it just over his hand. And the Scarlet Knights bury it for three, 62-59. The Scarlet Knights win. Ouch. I remember watching that game, and uh, I really thought that uh, Illinois was playing better. They had come off the Michigan State victory here at State mm -hmm. Farm Center. Uh, yep. the Atlanta they had four wins in a row. Yep, that could have been the fifth win in a row. And then yep. they went I think there had been an NCAA tournament, and I think we'd probably have the same coach we had last year. Even with a loss to Michigan? Because I don't think that outcome of that game changes. Because Michigan was playing on another level for what happened to the Wolverines on their playing incident. Yeah, if that was the reason, but they certainly were playing better. Yeah, they're in practice uniforms. They were just like yeah. almost street clothes at this uh, Wolverines. Boy, doesn't Beeline get his players playing pretty good at the end of every season? Yeah, I mean, this this year again, they're playing pretty good right now. Michigan, a lock for the NCAA tournament, I, I believe. 24-7, and 13-5 oh, yeah. in the Big Ten. Some key wins this year. Uh, other teams in the Big Ten, like Nebraska and Penn State, are praying uh, Four teams are a lock. After that, it's it's a disappointing year for the Big Ten that you're going to get, in my opinion, unless the selection committee just isn't paying attention, a maximum of six teams in the NCAA oh, tournament. Whoa, 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 whoa. You think I'm five, get I'm, I'm five. I'm sorry, five. I'm going to say five. If they put in more than five. If they put in more than four. Yeah, well, yeah. I, if they put in a fifth team – I'm like okay. It would have to be Nebraska or Penn State, and they play each other. Yeah, <laughs> if there's if they put in a but 15. But you know, we've got a tournament coming up, and I shouldn't say any. We, we always discount that because we don't know who's playing who and or anything. But hey, Nebraska or Penn State could make a run, and they have a day off. Uh, you know, they they don't play Wednesday; they do play Thursday, and and uh, they could make a run in the tournament. They're capable of mm -hmm. it. But I they think could. Penn State especially is capable of it. Well, let's break down your math uh, for Illinois, the scenarios for Illinois. Illinois is for sure playing Thursday. If Illinois wins today, they are for sure in the 12-13 game. On Wednesday. On Wednesday. If yep. Illinois loses today, they are assured uh, the 14th in the Big Ten because Rutgers would be 4-14, four and 14, and then well, the problem Iowa beat Illinois, so Minnesota beat Illinois. So Illinois has no chance to finish below above last place if Illinois loses today. I'm going to give Minnesota a loss at Purdue, yeah. okay, today. So that leaves them at 4-14. I'm going to give Illinois a win, okay? Okay. That leaves Illinois at 4-14. Four I'm going to give Iowa. What do I do with Iowa? They're playing Northwestern. Where's that at game home. again? At home. Iowa wins beat. that game. Okay, if they do, then you've got three 4-14 four teams, and now I'm really confused, and you'd have Rutgers at the bottom. So the question is, who would be the number one team at the top to play Rutgers? Because Rutgers will be the 18th, the, the 14th team in the yep. league, and it's one, one of three, four, and 14 teams now. Um, Iowa beat Illinois, and Minnesota beat Illinois. 
Iowa and Minnesota split this year. Okay. They play each other twice, and and the, they split. But I, I'm just trying to figure out who – I don't care. <laughs> I don't know what to say here. Um, I think Minnesota's going to be the 11th, so they would play Rutgers if Illinois wins today. Then I think Illinois I plays agree Iowa. With that. And then Illinois plays Iowa. I agree with that. So let's see what I happens. I think the chances are Illinois will play Iowa and not Rutgers. Yep. Again. <laughs> now that's but well I don't, I don't think Illinois can play Rutgers if Rutgers is in last then Illinois Rutgers obviously is the 14th seed which then most likely would get the Minnesota, 11th, play the 11th, 11th would be Minnesota so I, that it would have to be Illinois and Iowa if assuming yeah, Iowa that, loses that'd today. Yeah, there's only two left. <laughs> yep. So all right. All I think right. we broke that down for you. Take another timeout. Uh, keys to the game up next. We'll break this one down for you. Uh, Rutgers lost in Champaign 91 to 60 the last time these two teams played back on the January 30th. Of course, um, Rutgers without Mike Williams averages eight points a game. He had a serious ankle injury in January. Only missed eight games, though. Thought maybe he could miss the rest of the year. Corey Sanders in that game against the Illini, just 10 points on 3 of 12 shooting, a complete non-factor, but he can do the complete opposite today and triple that outcome. Uh, Illinois has seen him go off on um, more than one occasion. He's going to be one of my keys to the game. Don't steal that. Yeah, I'm not stealing. No, you're starting <laughs> out. You always start out. So keys to the game next. Stay with us on Fighting Illini Game Day. Welcome back to the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. I'm Michael Kaiser alongside Lauren Tate getting ready for Illinois and Rutgers tipping off at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Now, you'll be able to hear the game uh, only on Light Rock 97.5 WHMS, our sister station. Uh, the women's game starts senior day for the Illini women is at 2 o'clock today. Pre-game for that is 145. Then once the women's game is over, uh, anything left of the men's game will come back here on DWS. So the men's game uh, will leave DWS at 145 uh, to go to the women's game. And the, the men's game in its entirety will be on Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Time for the keys of the game brought to you by Hickory Point Bank in Champaign. The unlimited value of the right team. One banking expert will steer you in the right direction. A whole team of them will take you to your destination. Hickory Point Bank Invested, also brought to you by the Pella Window Store. Well, Lauren, as I said before the break, you get to go first. Well, you know I'm going to talk about Corey Sanders because two years ago we saw what he can do. He scored 39 points in that triple overtime game. That Illinois won, by the way. But I considered Corey Sanders Carson Edwards light. In other words, he plays like him. He's not as good, but he's capable of going mm-hmm. off. We just saw Carson Edwards have a fair game against Illinois, just 40 points. Yeah, just 40. Now, here's a guy, Sanders. He's erratic. He's averaging 14-2, but he's, he's, he had no points, 0 for 7 against Penn State. He had 31 against Purdue in a, in a two-point loss. Against Northwestern, he had 11 out of 22 from the field and scored 30. Uh, the last two games, he scored six against Maryland and 12 against Ohio State. You never know what he's going to do. The first game against Illinois, I think you mentioned he was 3 out of 11 or 3 out of 14, whatever it was. So stop Sanders. Don't let him drive to the basket. Try to uh, stunt his drives any way you can because he is the key to Rutgers uh, pulling what I would consider almost an upset here. And I I think uh, Illinois, uh, for me, um, besides that, that's a big key as well. If Illinois could find a way to hold him down like uh, uh, the Illini were able to do here in the 91-60 win back on January 30th, I think the key for me is for Illinois to find that third score again like they get against Purdue. Tijon Lucas and DeMonte Williams both in double figures, which helped Trent Frazier, which helped LaRon Black. So if Illinois can get four scores in this game today in double figures, um, I, I think they're going to be, be okay. But 
that's if Corey Sanders uh, doesn't go off. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, it's Keys of the Game brought to you by the Pella Window Store. For all your window and door needs, visit the Pella Window Store on Country Fair Drive or go to PellaOfChampagne.com. Also by, brought to you by Hickory Point Bank in Champaign. Well, Lauren, after the day is over, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, uh, Illinois needs to get a win, and they're going to be out here a lot of days. They could be out here six or seven days, but they're, they're certainly going to be out five. Yep, they're on the East Coast, and they're not coming back until the Big Ten tournament is over for the Illini. More Fighting Illini game day coming up next. The Coach's Corner with Chen Coleman. Brian Barnhart sat down with him earlier today. That's up next here on the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. regular season coaches corner chin coleman has the scout for the rutgers scarlet knights here at the rack it's an old school building right yeah pretty old school it kind of reminds you of that old high school game field uh, but um it'll work it's um, 94 <laughs> feet and the rims are 10 feet high and we got to obviously adjust and make shots in here yeah well i know that uh, i think the old new jersey nets used to play in this building years ago i didn't know that is yeah, that right yeah i didn't yeah. know that so it's pretty interesting i hear a lot of historical stories about the building and um orlando tells a lot of stories and how it used to be rocking and it used to be a mm-hmm. a place that he might have would have come had things <laughs> been different i think he yeah. was uh they were recruiting him and he tells stories about how it was and so we'll see what happens we just we're just fighting for a win, so yeah. it doesn't matter if it's on concrete, on blacktop, <laughs> and you know we just we just want to play well and get a W. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, uh, let's talk. The last time we played Rutgers, uh, we played okay. I mean, we beat them by a wide margin. I know Coach wasn't totally happy with everything that night. Well, we didn't necessarily get off to a good start. Um, Trent got hot. We started to get some stops, and we were able to rebound the basketball against a team that was second or number one in the country at the time and rebounding. We got 18 offensive rebounds against them because that's where they hang their hat at is on the rebounding um, side. So um, it was, it ended up being uh, one of our best performances on the both sides of the ball in terms of our OER and our DER um, against Power 5 conference team. So um, it wound up being a really good game for us and we were able to stay connected and committed for 40 minutes and we wind up winning the game um, pretty um, handsome. Yeah. So. Well, and you're right about the rebounding and also just forcing them into so many turnovers. I think they had 25. Yeah, they had 25. Uh, we've done that before. Michigan State had 25 turnovers over at, at one point in the league. Uh, Big Ten teams were averaging 22 t- turnovers against our defense. Uh, with our defense, it's kind of, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum and how, how it's uh, – it's, it's hard to duplicate it, what we do, and, and when we're on, defensively, we're on. We just, it's what the struggle at times has been for us to continue that for 40 minutes, and we haven't had that kind of effort for 40 minutes, but that's something that we need to do again tonight to finish strong here at the end of the year, and uh, we, we want to win. Uh, we, we, we're going to play for some pride, and um, there's a lot of implications on the game for us as well. So we're hungry and desperate to get a win here tonight. All right, we're going to take a break. Back with Chin Coleman. We're at Rutgers on this Sunday. Back with more after this on the Coach's Corner. We're back with Chin Coleman. We're scouting the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Real quick, back to the Purdue game. Offensively, we got some punch from other guys. Demonte Williams hit some threes. We know he can. He did in the game. Tijon also, I thought, had a great game. We've uh, obviously continued to work our habits. You know, we we, 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 we talked about, I've talked about that 
Um, I talked about that to the Rebounders Club, and I've said it time and time again. We haven't stopped doing anything that we've been doing. And for Monte, how hard he works on his shooting at getting up at 6 in the morning and continue to get up extra shots, it was gratifying for him to finally see the ball go in because he put so much work into it. And Tijon, I think that it's all about rhythm, you know. He's uh, kind of figuring out the offense a little bit, and he's coming off two-man game, getting layups. And what happens is the, the ball finds energy, you know what I mean? So now next thing you know, you get your three to go. So it, it's just a, 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 a byproduct of the work that we're putting in, and hopefully um, we can do that tonight because we want to win on the road. We want this game just as hard as, as they do, so. Mm-hmm. Well, Sanders, we've seen him before. Uh, we did not see Mike Williams the last time. What difference does he make? He gives them some more scoring. They struggle to score at times. He averages almost nine, um, ten points a game, so he gives them some shooting, and they're not a great shooting team. So they he, they have another guy who can stretch the floor a little bit. But one thing that he's really good at, other than his catch and shoot and his one, two dribble pull-up, is that he attacks the offensive glass. He's a strong, compact uh, young man that, that, that uses all of that to, to – to, to get after it on the on the offensive rebound, so we got to make sure that we keep him off the glass, and and run him off the fence, and uh, obviously challenge his middle game because he can shoot uh, middle jump shots too. So uh, Sanders is a, a, a guy that can explode at any minute. They beat Northwestern here in this building. Mm-hmm. He had 30 points that game. So if he gets going, obviously they're capable of beating anybody. So we need to keep him in check, like we kind of did at our place. Mm-hmm. He didn't uh, have a whole lot of offense. So if we can do that and Make sure that we um, stick to the script and, and, and play the scout to a T. We, we should be fine. Is one of the reasons why Rutgers is so good defensively is their length, their their height, their size. I mean, they they, they can uh, guard you. I think that way. Uh, that along with they got a lot of tough kids. I think that they're tough-minded kids. Uh, they're defensive-minded kids. They're athletic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think that they're one of the biggest teams in the league in terms from top to bottom, from one through fifteen. They're, they just got an enormous amount of size. They got so many guys that are six seven, six seven, six nine, six ten. They got seven footers, and then they got some versatile forwards and Freeman and Omer and Yuri, who can play some four three three four form. So the versatility gives them good defensive mm-hmm. prowess, and then their guards are athletic. You know, I mean, their guards are athletic, so that helps them out. They're a good defensive team. Uh, we need to make that ball hop and run our stuff, and we think that if we can get it to the money side, which is the third side of the ball, that we should be able to score against yeah, them. When you think about it, where our offense was when we played him at the end of January and where it is now, I think there's a big difference. Well, this is an offense that takes maturing because of all of the different reads, all of the different and, – and, and I think that our guys kind of got a concept. You know, we're not there yet, but – it's at the right time that we're playing good offensively. I think at the end of the season, you want to be uh, playing good offensively and seeing things happen that you, you work on so much every day in practice. So those things are happening. Our guys know what we want. They know where to look. They know where the hot reads are. So um, hopefully, you know, we get a win here and go into the conference tournament on an uptick. Who, who says we can't get hot? You know, who says we can't get hot? The thing is, I told the guys last night, it happens every year. You look at every every conference tournament, somebody gets hot that, that's not unexpected, and then they go on a run. That's the Coach's Corner brought to you by Scotty's Brewhouse at Hickory Point Bank in Champaign. Thanks for joining us. There's more Fighting Illini game day in just a moment with Brian Barnhart and Doug Altenberger live from Rutgers. Be sure to stay with us after the game for the Fashions Etc. postgame show with myself and Evan Kahn.